Welcome back. Week six of the, the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show inside plan. AsylumFantasySports.com, the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Week, week six is here. Five yes, week. indeed it is. And I tell you what, it's great to be back. I am actually, well, not in studio, but at least I'm on the slant full time again. Do you remember how to get to the studio, Rick? That's the question. Well, I know where mine is at the house, you know, that we the cozy bunker studio. Yours, I'm not so sure. It's been a while. <laughs> I haven't seen the seen the bunker in quite a long time. Well, Rick, a lot going on here. We'll get right to it. I'll I'll be trying my best to monitor the chat room, the phone lines. We've got questions. We've got Twitter questions. We got start sits. We're gonna predict it. Uh, we got some bye week conundrums, some injury conundrums. I don't know about you, Rick, but this is the toughest time I've had setting the lineup in a good long time. Yeah, it's uh, – I tell you what, there's a lot of injuries out there. And, of course, the bye week, as you mentioned, is in full swing. It makes it tough. Uh, you know, we were talking, you know, before we went on air. I got so many buys this week that if T.J. Yeldon ends up not playing, I'm putting in Heath Miller as a flex, which I guess is my only choice, makes it easier than trying to come up with uh, – you know, waiver wire dilemmas, but there's a lot of those out there right now. Yeah, we got guys going out, guys coming back. We got the LaShawn McCoy situation. Looks like he's going to go. We'll see what that means for that whole Buffalo mess. We got Tyrod Taylor out this week. We'll see what that means for this mess, Sammy Walker. That Buffalo game is very interesting. Before we get too far, Rick, it looks like our boy Jersey is on the line. Let's get a top over to him right now. Jersey, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good Thursday. Uh, two questions for me and one for Junior. Um, in my league, it's a PPR league, and uh, Devontae Adams is not playing, so I can go with Sammy Watkins. But I'm not sure what's going to happen with Daniel. I can go with Travis Benjamin, or I can also go with what's his name, um, that guy Aiken or whatever, the receiver from Baltimore. So I would need two out of the three. It is a PPR. Um, any idea who you like? In, um, my, in my mind, Jersey, you know, I I'm, don't know if the delay is throwing us off here, Rick, but in my mind, I, I'm not going with Sammy Watkins with Taylor out of there. Um, it, it, that's crazy. I, I don't know what's going on in Buffalo, and it's kind of strange. I know Benjamin's feast or famine, but he is going to play the majority of the snaps, and he's definitely in there. Aiken, he's up in the air with me. I mean, I would watch a little bit of this Buffalo game and see who they're going to have in there. As quarterback, but boy, I tell you, it scares me. If you're wanting to go Watson, I really or Watkins, I really couldn't fault you because he is such a good talent. But man, yeah, you know, like Rick mentioned earlier, they're they're a mess. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly have Benjamin and it's a coin toss with Aiken and Watkins with me. Yeah, it looks it looks like Manuel, for what I'm hearing, is going to be a starting quarterback. And I know last year, three or four games, I think Watkins only had maybe some yards. But Watkins has been mouthy this week, wanting to get the ball more. And it looks like Khalid hurt his ankle last week. I don't know if he'll be on Benjamin. Like I said, if Steve Smith plays, he's supposed to but he may play. How does that hinder Aiken? You know what I mean? So it's one of them things where Amari Cooper's there, you play him, and then normally probably Watkins if, if he wasn't hurt and he had a quarterback situation. So that's what I was trying yeah. to figure out. And my, my, my last one for me also is I got a unique situation. Devontae Adams I've had on my bench. But here's the thing. Um, I, I have Deion Lewis that I use as my flex, but also got Brady. I was thinking about dropping Devontae Adams and picking up um, Brandon LaFell. 
he comes off. He can come off POP next week. Next week is a bye for Green Bay. Is that, I mean, whether I have probably LaFell on the bench or Devontae Adams for the remainder of the year, they may not see any starting stuff, but just to pick up the better person. What do you think about that? Or what's your opinion on that for me? I'll tell you what, Jersey, as much as you want to have, I think I get the point as much of that New England situation as you can get. And I'm not a Devontae Adams guy. I I wasn't going into the year. I didn't buy into that big jump he took when Jordy went out. I think in spot starts, which is probably where you're looking at either one of these guys as sort of a spot start, I still think Devontae Adams is going to be the guy. Just since Randy Moss, and before Randy Moss, there's never a receiver in that New England offense outside of Julian Edelman or back in the back in the days before our Randy Moss, the Wes Welker type, who's going to put up big numbers you can trust. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hold – I don't know what you think, Rick. I'm going to hold on to Devontae Adams here. As much as I like that New England offense, too, I don't know if I want to be starting Brady, Lewis, and LaFell. You know, Brady, Lewis, and Gronk, I would certainly start. But I don't think with LaFell, I'm, I'm going to hold on to Devontae Adams. If I'm looking for a spot start, I, I think that's the safer play there week in and week out. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, Rick. It's, you know, I really like LaFell. I mean, Rick can attest to that in Jersey. You, too, over the last couple of years we've talked. You know, I really like this kid. But it's just that uh, – you know, the New England offense, it's not – I mean, Edelman's going to be the lion's share of the PPR stuff and the catches and everything. You know, LaFell, he'll have his moments. But, you know, he's going to be very inconsistent. To, and we know how dynamic Green Bay is. And I think it's just safer to keep Adam, to be honest with you. All right, I'll do that there. And then Junior, in his top one, he finally won his first game. He's been losing by like five or ten points. Everybody's had their weekly high. He got his first one. Here's his dilemma. He's got Beckham. He's got Beckham, Hopkins, and Landry in the lineup now, and Bolden as a flex. Now, if he, if he were to take Beckham out and, and use Bolden as the other uh, receiver, he has guys like his only other flex option could be it would be either uh, C.J. Anderson or um, Gary Barnage because uh, Todd Gurley's on a bye. So does he try to wait it out and hope that Beckham plays on Monday? Because he doesn't have anybody else to put in on Monday if 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 second doesn't play, so he would have Barnage going against Denver. This you know, and then you'd have C.J. Anderson going against Cleveland, but you also got you know Ronnie Hillman there. Um, any suggestions for him as to what he's working today, what he should do? Oh, that's so tough. I hate these these stud guys. Yeah. <laughs> question going into a Monday. Yep, pick your poison, right? Yeah, my first instinct here is that they're they're saying Beckham's going to give it a go. I think we know he's going to play. You worry about him getting re-injured. And out of that list that you mentioned, Barnage is really the only guy that catches my eye. I just – I worry almost – this is more philosophical, Rick, and then I'll let you hop in. He had that big week last week. He's had a couple of big weeks. Don't you just feel like every time you start trusting a, a Cleveland Brown, you get burnt by it? And if you go ahead and play Barnage, and he has four catches for five yards, which is entirely possible, especially against that Denver defense, and then, then you're sitting and Beckham's able to go, and Beckham goes out and puts up 12 for 120. I think, based on what I know right now, I think I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice with Beckham 
Yeah, Aguilar's out, so there's probably – I don't know if there's a Riley Cooper or somebody out on the waiver wire, somebody he could grab Monday if we somehow find out Monday afternoon that Beckham isn't going to be able to go. I'm not sure I'm going to mess with that. You know, you said he's coming off his first win. I think he's got to shoot for the moon here a little bit, as uh, as Scott likes to say. Barnage is interesting. I just – I can't trust him in lieu of, of an Odell Beckham, even even with the question marks. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Barnage, hey, I tell you what, I've jumped on this guy. And, I mean, if there probably is a safe guy, you know, a dependable position in a Cleveland offense, it may, may be the tight end. I mean, that, that's a safe, you know, position, nothing real flashy. And, you know, meet the potatoes guy and get the job done, he seems to be doing that. You know, that being said, he's certainly no Odell Beckham. And, and Beckham does go – you really have to worry about that hamstring, you know, being re-injured. But, you know, the thing is, if he does go, like Rick said, he could go 10 for 120 and a touchdown, and yep. there you're sitting there, you know. So, yeah, maybe you, you look for a Riley Cooper or something like that on the waiver wire if there's something out there, you know, from from New York or Philly, you know, just to supplement just in case is an insurance policy. But, uh, you know, I think you almost have to, you know, especially in the situations he's in, you probably ought to roll with Beckham. Yeah, because he he's got Bryant left, you know, but he's got Vic. So there would be nobody he could drop probably today for that for that thing there. So I'll have, I'll have, him, I'll have him probably roll with Beckham. I'll tell him that there. And he said in my league with, with Watkins and, and Benjamin and what's his name, Aiken, if Smith is playing, I mean, do, do I sit walking? Do you watch him and see what he does this week? Or do you try to put him in for somebody? Because, like I said, Benjamin could do well, like you said, but you don't know what the situation is with the ankle of Philippe. They've only given up one passing touchdown this year to a receiver, Denver, and they're playing in Cleveland. And, like I said, Aiken, he had nine targets, four for uh, 75 yards, and 11 and a half points, which isn't bad. I have no problem with that. So who did you say out of those those three? Which two would you, would you go with? Eli, look, EJ Manuel is quarterbacking for sure. Uh, they're saying, you know, for Buffalo. So yeah, I, uh, I, I think for me, Jersey, I tend to buy in when you when you have a, a superstar, at least a superstar potential wide receiver like a Sammy Watkins. Even with Geno, and we know all the all the issues with Geno. If he's out there stomping and carrying on, that he wants more, he wants more targets this week, and I. I, I read that he sat down with uh with coach ryan earlier in the week and they, they worked out i think they're going to try to force feed him the ball a little bit i almost like Watkins with geno smith a little bit better at least in terms of targets i can't promise you uh, geno can get it there in uh, less than two bounces so i think on that list Watkins is the best player so i'm going to play Watkins. looks like steve smith is going to play at least the the last report as of about a half an hour ago so it might be a uh, Watkins and benjamin for me look cleveland's going to struggle to move the ball against denver everybody does but he's sort of that big play dynamic player who can maybe give you that one play to save a day so so for me i'm going to i'm going to give you Watkins and i'm going to give you benjamin i like aiken's targets but with steve smith back i think those are going to take a big hit all right that gives me some good stuff there cuz like i said i when I, I had Aikens in there when I thought what you thought was going to be sick. So, like you said, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep Benjamin in there. I've never started yet, and I'll put Watkins in. So, guys, you know, I really appreciate your help. Hopefully it makes me go 5-1. and one. Junior in this league is 3-2. and two. He got the weekly high. He's that nice team in this one. 
But like I said, the top one, he's starting to roll now. He's, he got Gates back. He got Foster going to get Gurley back. So he should be okay. But again, thanks you guys for your voice. I'll let you know. Best of luck to you guys this week. As always, thanks again for taking my, my calls. And I appreciate it very much. And enjoy your Sunday. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks a lot, Jersey. Have a good week. Good to hear from you. Yes, sir. All right. Always good to hear from Jersey. All right, Rick, let's jump into it. We're uh, pretty quiet in the chat room so far, so just going through the uh, going through the headlines here, looks like Andrew Luck expected to go, and uh, we'll talk about that game when we do the when we do our previews a little bit. Looks like uh, here's one I wanted to talk to you about, Rick, because you've always you, you've loved this guy since the the year before he became relevant. Looks like Alshon Jeffrey with that hamstring is finally back. And I know I'm not. I don't think we have any questions actually in the mailbox. I think people have moved on. What, what are your thoughts on Alshon Jeffrey? Maybe in general first, and for this week specifically after that. Well, Jeffrey's a concern. There's no question, Rick. This is, it's uh, you know the the first year that I highly touted him. He, he missed basically the whole year, and then uh, he came back with a vengeance and uh, became extremely relevant. But, you know, he's, he's, he's starting to be one of these kind of guys that, that really worry you to get on the field. You know, that being said, that if he's playing, look, I mean, say what you will, you know, Cutler came back. They've won two straight. They seem to be playing a little bit better brand of football. And I think that only makes him a little better. And um, I think if he's going, you know, you got to have him in there. Yeah, you probably you've been you've been sitting him on your bench. You drafted him as your as your number one. Like the matchup against Detroit this week, I, I think this could be a, a big fantasy game on both sides of the ball. Quite frankly, I think we could see a lot of scoring here, which we both know then leads to uh, about thirteen to nine type of game. But yeah, it looks like Martellus Bennett going to go in that game. So I, I think unless you've got a much much better option, I'm not sure we've had any wide receivers really take that step forward that you got something better on your bench that you want to move on. Uh, Matt Jones with a toe unlikely to suit up this week going up against the New York Jets. Does this get you excited about uh, old Alfred Morris again, or have we moved on from, from this Washington running game? It's very hard to get excited about Alfred Morris. I mean, he did nothing but perform in the very first game of the year, and they've done nothing but not play him since, basically. And, um, you know, they brought in Matt Jones and uh, you know, I feel believe the other was what, Chris Robinson, I think is his name. Uh, and, you know, it's just – it's RBBC totally in, in Washington right now. So, you know, unless you really have a, a lot of buys or injuries, I, I certainly can't recommend Alfred Morris. And – you know, that being said, he's certainly capable. I think he's a talent. But um, until Washington, you know, seems to want to establish that run game with him again, uh, he's just hardly worth the play. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I think even with Jones out this week going up against that, that New York offense, I don't think the power running game is necessarily going to work. Kirk Cousins is going to struggle. And I think it could be a Chris Thompson type of game if you need to – you know, establish the ball in space a little bit. So I'm, you're probably there's going to be plenty of guys in situations. Shows like this are hard when we get six, seven buys and good buys as well, where you just don't have a lot of options. Better to sit somebody down. But yeah, I think I'm still avoiding Alfred Morris from the chat room, Rick. In a non PPR, we need two out of these four. 
and this is tough. I tell you what, I wish I had this problem in the uh, League of Consequence. Need to from Frank Gore to Marco Murray, Arian Foster, or Dion Lewis? Lewis and Foster for me. Um, I, I think the just the potentials at Gore. Yeah, I still, you know, I gave up on Gore before, and now I'm believing in Gore, and I'm getting let down. You know, when I gave up on him, he destroyed me, and when I'm believing in him, he's destroying me even more. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's so hard. I mean, Lewis has been performing. You know, I know it's not PPR, but he's still getting yards. And you know, the, the potentials there, New England's using him. And, you know, I mean, his he just gets a lot of play time. And, you know, I, I like that. So I, I think Lewis is in there for sure. You know, I mean, I, to me, he's a question where you have to have Foster in there, correct? Yeah, that, that becomes the question for me. It, it's definitely Foster. And then it comes down to Deion Lewis, DeMarco Murray. You know, my concerns, uh, I got concerns on both sides of that one. You know, being the non-PPR, Dion Lewis is is less of a threat. I, I think that's quite obvious. I agree with you, sure. though. He's yardage. I look back to that Indianapolis game with New England last year where they just pounded the ball, the, the four rushing touchdowns, you know, meanwhile scoring 87 points or whatever it was they ended up scoring. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, and I actually have a feeling, and maybe we'll get into this if we get into our starts and sits later. I got a feeling this this could be a Legarrette Blunt type of game, but I'm going to agree with you only because obviously loved seeing Demarco get those 20 carries last week, average of four yards a carry. We still didn't see the big numbers we saw in Dallas, and I don't think we're going to see him. But what I'm I need to see, and I hate doing it, and I hate advising this. I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach on DeMarco. I need to see it one more time. This just has all the feelings like that game plan dictated that they handed the ball to DeMarco 20 times. And this week we could go back to to Chip Kelly's way of doing things. It could be a Darren Sproles type of game. Ryan Matthews still getting plenty of work. I need to see one more week of 20 carries out of DeMarco. So, and, I, and I think Gore, you know, they're going to be behind early. They're going to be up behind off, and how much is Frank Gore really going to touch the ball? So, yeah, I'm going to go D on there as well. Arian Foster's the obvious one with, with sort of the caveat that if DeMarco gets 20 carries again, then I'm going to be real excited if I own this team in, in the next couple of weeks and the next couple of weeks going forward. So, in this on PPR, he can play Marvin Jones or Landry today, or fingers crossed and wait for Odell on Monday. God, Rick, I hate these situations. So, Marvin Jones, Landry, or wait for Odell on Monday? Ah, boy, I'll tell you what. That, that's, uh, I look at an option. You know, we're talking about uh, Marvin Jones, and, you know, I really like him, but fantasy-wise, he's been very unkind. And, you know, it, it's hard to, to throw him in there but I think he's probably the next best play. I mean, you know, obviously if Odell Beckham plays, he is by far the best player. It depends, I, I guess, if you know, you – boy, I tell you what, I, I'm not a gambler. I may go with Jones, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you're more of a shoot-from-the-moon type of guy and may differ with me. But I think Jones, to me, has the potential to justify putting him in there. 
Yeah, I can see Jones. Uh, Jarvis Landry might might be more intriguing to me. It bothers me that, that, that this is a non-PPR. If this is a PPR, I'd say go for Landry and don't even think about it. Right. My problem with Marvin Jones is in all of these secondary Cincinnati wide receivers and even down to, to Tyler Eifert, your count the yardage is going to come through Gio Bernard and A.J. Green, and you're counting on one of these guys to get in the end zone and, and frankly waiting for a long touchdown from one of these guys, which is entirely possible, but I don't know which one it is. I might lean Jarvis Landry here. I think that is a reasonable enough option for Odell going into Monday. Everything I'm reading saying he's going to play one more day of rest. What do you worry about is him tweaking that thing again. Those things can happen so quick, and I'm going to be faced with this situation and the league of consequence. Does it mean anything to you, Rick, You know the new coach, uh, Dan Campbell, down there in Miami, saying that he's going to cut the Dolphins' uh, offense loose today. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they have the ability, even if cut loose. You know, almost indicates to me that this is a guy that came in the system that said uh, the old coach had the handcuffs on him a little bit. They cut him loose. I think there's every possibility we may see what we expected out of, out of Jarvis Landry. And in that case, I, I might roll him over Jones, and it's about – 51-49 Landry over Odell for me going into Monday. You know, I mean, that that is a good point. I mean, you know, a lot of times people forget that, and as we were talking, it really, you know, escaped me. A lot of times when you have these new coaches come in and, you know, it's a new breath of life to a team, you know, no matter what the record is. Look, they're not, you know, they're not even Detroit. I mean, they've won a game, and – if they can get another one under their belt, I mean, the season isn't totally lost yet. And, and yeah, that may just be the catalyst for turning loose what was thought to be, you know, a pretty good Miami football team. And Ryan Tannehill had over 4,000 yards last year. And, and, you know, way back in the preseason, I really liked Ryan Tannehill. Thought he was an undervalued quarterback going into this year. I was proven wrong so far. This may be it. I mean, that's a very good point. And, uh, you know, maybe what, you know, Jarvis Landry just might be the play if you're going to, uh, you know, gamble and sit down Odell Beckham. Yeah, if, if this was a PPR, I think it'd be a no-brainer for me because we know even in all the struggles, he's been a target hawk. And I own a lot of Jarvis Landry all in PPR leagues, and that's sort of kept my head above water because while the the yardage in the end zone hasn't been there, the, the targets, and he's seen plenty of the ball. So, yeah, for me, it's like 51-49. I guess it depends on the composition of your team, the situation you're in. Afford to gamble, or if you really have to gamble, I think Odell's your play. But if you're just looking looking to play it safe and playing it safe and get you a win today, I go with Landry Jones there. All right, Rick, I think we're caught up in there. Nobody on the phone lines. I, I got so many computer screens going here. It's like something out of NASA. Why don't we jump in? How about what do we got? It's about 20 after 10 already. Maybe a couple start sits. Uh, somebody, Rick, got my eye on here. Running back yeah. wise. Or you oh, go ahead. Running back wise. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I the kind of the the connection was a little crackly there. I thought you asked if I had anybody that really jumped out at me that I wanted to start. And, um, you know, it wasn't a running back, and I'll throw you off key even more. But, uh, you know, one guy that stands out to me was it was previously mentioned, uh, you know, Jay Cutler. Um, you know, look, he's playing a bad De- Detroit team, and I know, you know, a team that hasn't won is dangerous. 
But I just there's something about this Detroit defense just not getting it done. Cutler's come back. They've won two straight. They're playing decent football. They can actually get back into this division if they, if they win this week. And, uh, you know, I think Jay Cutler is a pretty good start, especially if you're in some sort of a bye week or injury situation. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of folks out looking for a quarterback this week with, with uh, Oakland, uh, St. Louis, Tampa Bay. Not a lot of quarterback situations. We got a lot of banged-up quarterbacks with Tyrod Taylor out there. Cutler, always a risky play. He's looked good in the two weeks since he's come back, and, and I agree. I think they should have the ability to move the ball. A, a quarterback for me, Rick, is a guy – if you're a guy – we talked about Tannehill, and there is a lot of people who have Brian Tannehill drafted as their starter and maybe struggling through a lot of people. I have an elite – Sam Bradford – Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of these these guys who wait on their quarterbacks and take uh, one of these flyers that just haven't worked out this year. Somebody who I think is getting forgotten, and he's done a lot of good, especially in daily leagues, is Blake Bortles. And going up against Houston, J.J., the Houston defense has been bad. Outside of J.J. Watt, he's going today, but they're saying he's sick, and it, it was a question mark up until this morning. Blake Bortles has thrown nine touchdowns in his last four games. Jaguars are terrible defensively and giving up a ton, but this Jaguars offense can score. Allen Hearns, Robinson, both these guys putting up huge numbers, and Blake Bortles is getting it done. He's almost a lock for 300 yards and two touchdowns every week, and I think it's really gone uh, gone unsaid. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, Allen Robinson is just doing nothing but putting up big numbers. Like you mentioned, Hearns is doing very well. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville – has been losing basically because they're Jacksonville. I just don't think this team, they just haven't reached that point where they've pulled out a couple of close ones. Like last week, you know, they lose to Tampa Bay. You know, big game for Tampa Bay. I mean, that's a real confidence builder. These, these are the kind of games you have to pull out to start moving forward. Jacksonville, for whatever reason, cannot seem to do that. They stay competitive, you know, save for that, uh, New England blowout. I mean, they have been solid competitively just about all year, but they can't get over the hump. But, they, you know, like I said, that being said, Bortles is looking good. The offense is really starting to click. And, um, you know, I think sooner or later this season, Jacksonville's going to win a few games. And, um, you know, I think they're going to do it by actually scoring points offensively for a change. Yeah, that's what they do. Let's hop back in the chat room. Uh, same league that that we had the last question there. <laughs> can't get can't get too far into a show without this question, Rick. So we need one uh, out of these three. It's a non PPR. Hillman, C.J. Anderson can't get away from those two. We also have Amir Abdullah or David Johnson. We can have one of those four. This is so so tough with every. It's getting so crowded in Arizona. Obviously, we know what's going on there in Denver, and Amir Abdullah talk about a disappointment after uh, really being the offseason darling. Yeah, and to me, it, it comes down between Hillman and Anderson. And with me, it's Hillman. I, I like the kid better, and we've actually touted him except for the, his lack of pass-blocking ability is why he wasn't playing more. He seems to be playing more, and he seems to be outperforming Anderson. And, you know, I don't like any of the options, quite frankly. I mean, look, that Cleveland defense isn't that bad. And, uh, 
But that being said, I think he is definitely the best option. I think he's a better player on Denver, and I think he's a better option than either of those other two. Yeah, the, the, this is tough. He, he's dealing with a hamstring. Uh, all reports are he's good to go today. I, I don't know the, the level, the severity it's at. I want any running back playing against Cleveland. That said, I don't know, Abdullah in a non-PPR. Abdullah's the guy that sticks out to me. David Johnson, he had all those touchdowns last week. But that was more because I traded him away. If anybody listens to Wednesday show, not because uh, not because he's going to do that too often. It's usually only a one week curse that happens to me. So I'm going to throw Johnson out in unless and until Andre Ellington goes down again, which will happen. Granted, so I don't think David Johnson for this week. Yeah, it's Hillman, C.J. Anderson. You know, pick 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 your poison there. Um, I guess I'll agree with you, Hillman. It's fifty one forty nine. Yeah, you almost like Anderson better, knowing that he's healthy. But but if Hillman goes, he's probably the top option there. You can really tell in big situations, Hillman's the guy they have on the field. Except those last two series last week when Hillman went out with the injury and you saw CJ out there and do nothing with it. I'm going to go Hillman slightly. If you want to play it safe, I may go Abdullah here. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in that in this game. And I think he's going to have a chance to see the ball a little more. So I think uh, Hillman's sort of your 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 best play, your your best option, best chance to get in the end zone. I think Abdullah's your safe play just in terms of touching the ball. I think they're going to get him involved and get the ball in his hand plenty, if possible, against that bad Bears defense. And C.J., you can't trust him. And David Johnson, it, it's just too crowded back there. Man, that's a tough question right there. So I think we're yeah, and you can tell by how much time we spent on it that it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Uh, like I said, I might go if I. <laughs> I still think Hillman. Why can't Why can't we just get a question like, you know, do I start Adrian Peterson or Denard Robinson? I mean, you know, let's just <laughs> make it a little easier. Oh God, it, it would be, but then anybody could do this, Rick. Although I think people who listen <laughs> long enough would argue that anyone can do this quite clearly. So uh, we we got to. Did you talk to Scott this morning? What time is he calling in, Rick? I saw some back um, on Twitter, but I never I, got. To- uh, we were talking back and forth on Twitter. He sent a uh, message to us that he was going there. They went somewhere to Wisconsin, going to try to call in. I told him, you know, if you do, fine, but don't worry about it. I'm on for the whole show to carry Rick. So I mean, he can relax. Oh, okay. Well, good then. We're, we're in no, uh, we won't rush anything out waiting for him to come in. If he calls in, great. If not, why don't we go ahead? We'll predict predict the games, but it's a little early, so we we can go ahead and down a little further in terms of fantasy impact. Might be the best way to go about this. So remember, this week Dallas, Oakland, St. Louis, Tampa Bay on by. Uh, not a lot hurting you at the quarterback position there. I, a lot of running back implications, some wide receiver implications going on there. So let's start it out. Jets at home, Rick, taking on the Washington Redskins. Yeah, I tell you what, Washington's been surprising. But uh, you know what? The Jets are, you know, they're proven to be pretty solid outfit. And I like the Jets. Um, You know, I think they're going to win fairly easily. I mean, they've got too many weapons, great defense. I like the Jets 30 to 17. Yeah, I just don't see. Kirk Cousins loves to turn the ball over. That's his favorite thing to do. He's looked better. He's looked like a reasonable NFL quarterback. 
which with that running game will keep them competitive in games. They're not going to be able to run the ball today with Matt Jones out going up against that Jets defense. I, Pierre Garçon being taken away. He's going to find himself on Revis Island today. It's going to be a real struggle for Washington offensively. I'm staying away from everybody there with the Jets, I think. A decent run defense for the for for the for the, ah, the Redskins. I kept wanting to call them the 49ers for some reason. Yeah, I worry about Chris Ivory a little bit. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, a couple of guys I'm excited about. And I think the Jets win this one fairly easily, 27-16. Cardinals in town, Rick, to take on our Steelers. Uh, bad weather today, cold, windy, rainy, and nice, nice uh, football day. Cardinals at Steelers. Yeah, I tell you what, there, there's a lot of things that I would have liked about this game. You know, I liked Arizona coming across the the country from sunny Arizona to, I'm looking out the window here in Western PA, a few snow flurries coming around, only rain in Pittsburgh. But it's a lot colder than what they're used to. And, you know, I would have said, you know, they're right for the picking. But we don't have Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. And, you know, relying on Michael Vick, we've seen Michael Vick, you know, the last couple of games, not killing the Steelers, but certainly not carrying the team on his shoulder. And, you know, Arizona has just been, I like using your term, I like that word, they have just been trucking people. Carson Palmer's used to cold weather, played all those years in Cincinnati. I like Arizona. Uh, I hate to say it, but I like Arizona. I'm going Arizona 29, Steelers 20. Yeah, I, I think if Ben Roethlisberger's here, th- th- this is a Steelers win. Everything's setting up for it. You talk about Michael Vick not killing the Steelers. He should have last week. Yeah, oh, yeah, way, there's no doubt. It's way past your bedtime, Rick. I don't know how much of it you saw. But anybody who watched I saw the, the whole thing, my man. Wow. Wow, now that's the most shocking thing you're going to hear on the slant here this morning. There was three clear and easy pick sixes dropped by the San Diego Chargers. They they should have gotten – the Steelers should have been blown out there. I like the fact that Martavis Bryant's coming back. If they if the Steelers manage to keep this game close, it might be because of a Martavis Bryant. And, and here's why. <clears throat> we, we all know about the rapport they had in the preseason and in, in training camp. And I don't want to put too much weight on that. But you've also noticed, Rick, that while Antonio Brown's completely disappeared, and we have some questions about Antonio Brown in the in the in the mailbag that I can't get, wait to get to because they do merit a discussion. Vic's primary target outside of Le'Veon Bell seems to have been Darius Hayward Bay when he needs big plays. I don't know if it's him being left-handed and him always rolling that direction. That's the spot that Martavis Bryant's going to slide into. A little more dynamic, a lot better with the ball in his hands. All that being so, Martavis Bryant might be a sneaky play here, even over in Antonio Brown. <clears throat> that being said, this is a ball hawking defense for for Arizona. They're going to come in. They're not going to to leave those plays out there. I think Michael Vick gets turned over a couple of times, and I think the Cardinals end up running away with this thing. Chiefs, without your boy Jamal Charles, head up to Minnesota. You know, we we could talk about Ray. Right, we will start with. What do we make of uh, the, the backfield situation now in Kansas City and uh, the Chiefs take on the Vikings? Well, you know, the, the big question to me is really what's wrong with, with Kansas City. I mean, they were, you know, really, really had some high expectations going into this year. They, you know, they blow that one game to, 
Denver and has just been downhill ever since, really, and now they lost Jamal Charles. I still like Nile Davis. I don't think he's going to come in like he did the first time Jamal Charles was injured and basically was, you know, quote-unquote, the guy. But, you know, I, I still think there's more – there's going to be more trust with him. He's been in that situation before. I think he's going to get a little more work, but I still think it's RBBC, probably worth maybe a flex spot in your lineups with, with a with a Davis. Um, what do you think? I mean, you know, the, there's been a lot of conflicting reports going around, but, you know, he's still number two in the depth chart. Right. I talked a lot about it on Wednesday, Rick, and uh, here's what I've landed on. Here's my thoughts. I think they're going to try. West is the closer proximity to a Jamal Lewis or Jamal Charles. I don't think that any of them have anything to do with Jamal Lewis. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I'd like they'd love to have Jamal Lewis in his prime back, but I think he's the closest thing they have to Jamal Charles. So I think he's going to see plenty of work, but Niall Davis has done this. This has happened in the past. And anytime Charles has been out, Davis has stepped in and he's performed more than admirably. He has been a, a high-end RB2 anytime he's had that starting job in Kansas City. Then a lot of reports last night that, that Davis is going to be the third down and goal line back. So for me, that, that makes – if now we're past the waiver period, and I like I said, I discussed this a lot Wednesday, that the guy I go after was Davis. And I think this furthers that. I think both may be worth a flex play, especially as we go through bye weeks. But I think this is going to sort out that, that Niles Davis, he's done it. He's done it well. Now, Andy Reid's always a wild card. You don't know. He, he might pull somebody out of the fourth row and hand them the ball a few times, too. You just never know it with Reid. But but for me, I think it's West. And I, or excuse me, I think it's I think it's Davis. And I think it goes well for Davis. He's not Jamal Charles. We know that. But I think he puts up numbers. West sees plenty of work in the passing game. They could both have value. But I think this is Niall Davis. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and and if, you know, I, I'm. I think we're both on the same page. I think both are going to be have some fantasy value. There's going to be a lot of work distributed between the two. Of them. All right. Well, let's pick that game, Rick. Uh, Chiefs at Minnesota. Oh yeah, so, yeah. We get sidetracked, don't we? I tell you what, I like Minnesota's defense, and you know, Kansas City has just been underwhelming all year. I think Minnesota wins a close one. I'm going 24-23 Minnesota. Yeah, I think the Chiefs one of the hardest teams to predict week in and week out. They they can go out win 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 big, look like world beaters. They they can look just terrible. They can look like the Cleveland Browns at other times. You don't know what this does to the psyche. Travis Kelsey paying the price here for for this Andy Reid situation. I think the safer pick here is just uh, Minnesota. So it's going to come down to what should have been Adrian Peterson versus Jamal Charles is now Adrian Peterson versus that backup situation. I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson in the Vikings 23-13. i got a couple in the chat room here, Rick. We need a QB replacement for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Marcus Mariota or, or Jay Cutler? Give me Cutler. I'll tell you what, and and here's why. I mean, in our league of consequence, as you know, I, I had Tony Romo. He's gone. I picked up David Carr. He's on a bye. I went out in the waiver wire, and I picked up Cutler over over anybody right now. And uh, so I'm going Cutler. Yeah, it it's close for me. I think based on matchup, there's probably – it sounds crazy to say because there's always huge risk with Jay Cutler. 
But Mariota, you, you like the matchup against Miami. They've looked so bad. It, on paper, they, they're terrifying, but they, they've been awful. I'm going to stay away from the rookie here when it's close. I'll go with Jay Cutler and his pouting and his carrying on. I just think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game against one, us. One point, yeah, one point I want to bring up about Cutler, and, and we've talked about this many times. I don't know if he's on the air or whatever. You know, Brett Favre, one of these type of guys, boy, he's a gunslinger. You know, I mean, Jay Cutler, I mean, say for his pouting and everything, isn't that far removed. He, he's not afraid to just wing it around. Yeah, he may get a few interceptions. You're going to get some yards out of him. And, you know, I like somebody like that on a fantasy team. You know, just throw it around. Let's let's see if we can get some points. And, um, you know, that's why I don't mind guys like that. I want it forever on the record that Rick Briggs, Wellington J. Briggs the fourth, has just compared. No, I'm not comparing him. Cutler I'm not comparing Brett him. Clark. That's not what I was saying. You know, just the type of play. I mean, certainly he's you know, leveled below, but it's that type of mentality, you know, maybe it's not because of fire or competitive, maybe with color, he just doesn't care. I don't know, but he's not afraid afraid to throw the football around. I'll give you that in a game like this, both, both teams needing a win, both teams struggling defensively. Yeah, I, I think there's just more opportunity there. There needs to be more opportunity. Uh, one more, a non-PPR flex from Abdullah, Duke Johnson, or Dante Moncrief? Boy, I mean, these, these Abdullahs and Duke Johnson stuff here. Um, I, you know, I tell you what, I think I'm going Moncrief. He's been bad, but, you know, if, if luck's given it a go, you know, I, I'm willing to, to gamble on that offense. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the first point, they're going to be playing from behind tonight early. They're going to be flinging the ball around. All indications are Andrew Luck is a go. I think if they had played that game on Sunday last week, he might have given it a go last week. So I think Andrew Luck is more than good to go. And when Moncrief put up his numbers and we all ran out and picked him up and have been playing him in our flex spot the last couple of weeks, it was with Andrew Luck. He, he didn't seem to be the option for halfback. Right. Luck coming back and then playing behind. I like Dante Moncrief. He has been the guy. <clears throat> you know, we saw that big, the big revenge game with Andre Johnson last week. I think he slips back a little bit with, with the return of Andrew Luck as as Luck's a more of a obviously a downfield threat. We'll see w- with that shoulder if he can get the ball downfield and what Moncrief can do down downfield if they decide to take T.Y. Hilton out. So, yeah, Abdul is risky. I love Duke Johnson. And maybe in a PPR, we think about that a little more. But I think a much better opportunity to to get in the zone for for Moncrief. Uh, All right, so I think we're caught up there. We have a call on the line, area code. Oh, I'm sorry, I've had you on hold for six minutes. 952, good morning. What's going on, guys? Uh, I have a question. Adrian Peterson or Denard Robinson? (laughs) I definitely not. I definitely want to go with Scott Fish with that play. I mean, this guy is – I mean, he is a human bowling ball. I mean, this guy can bowl over defenders like nobody's business. So, oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Scott Fish. It was Denard Robbins. Okay, Peterson. <laughs> oh, what's going on, guys? Uh, how's Wisconsin this time of year? You know, it's, it's a little awkward. I feel a little discriminated against when I'm at the pools because – you know, being in Wisconsin, being a Minnesotan in Wisconsin, I'm the only guy without a giant carpet of fur on my back at the water parks. <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. I mean, I, I'm here in Western PA, and we were 
experiencing some snow. Why are you at a water park in Wisconsin in mid-October? <laughs> oh, my son loves water parks, and they're they're indoor water parks. So there's just my giant, kid likes rattlesnakes, but I'm not buying them one. <laughs> you should, you should get a get him get him a rattlesnake for his birthday. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> you you could sell them into business, Rick. It could be uh, the the farm market and rattlesnake emporium. You could do that. I, I got to tell you, it's got a great it. idea. I, I got to avoid the water parks. I, I operate under the assumption that any body of public water is at minimum 23% urine, and so I have to stay away. Oof, you are lowballing that estimate. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But the good part about that, though, Rick, is it's probably 42% chlorine. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, so if it doesn't, it, you eat your skin off, but you don't have to worry about the urine. Right, it's, so. it's only thirty-eight percent water. Right, right. So, <laughs> so that's good. You don't, you don't want to. It might be good for your hair. Who knows? I mean, yeah, you wouldn't have. Look at, look at the math skills out of Wellington Briggs over there. That's that's how you get on the cover of Time Magazine. I finally yeah. saw. I don't know how I missed that earlier in the in the week, Scott. That is brilliant that you found that. I missed that magazine completely. I was sort of off Twitter all week. That pure brilliance. Oh, that was that made my day, Mister Fish. That was, uh, and I don't know how you sent that guy out to get that photograph of me, but um, you know, I'm going to have to tighten up security on my exclusive private ranch. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to do that. I didn't realize you have mountains too. That's that's, that's impressive. <laughs> All right, Rick, we better get moving on here. All right, we'll we'll keep moving. Scott, feel free to jump in. We're gonna finish picking up the picking out the games, and then we'll uh, we'll hop into the middle bag here. I, I might I might have to tag out quicker, um, but I'll. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. Let's let's flip the script here. Let's go to the mailbag. We'll get that done. Scott, you can hop out, and then we'll uh, we'll finish predicting the games at the end of the show. We are nothing if not flexible here. So, to the mailbag. I know. Did you see Briggs on that horse? <laughs> it, I it was that one. It was a noble steed. I'll I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. So a non yeah. non GPR so, flex. Uh, one of these three. Boy, I'd like to have this situation. We can only have one and like to know who the other guy is. Justin Forsett, Lamar Miller, or Shady McCoy? Wow. A lot of uh, questionable players there. Uh, yeah. Well, honestly, I think if it were me, I, w- I would, uh, even though the Titans defense has been pretty stout and I absolutely hate Lamar Miller, I don't know what that new offense is going to be like or how they're going to play. So I think I would risk it. Um if I knew for sure Forsett was going to play, I think I'd start him. Yeah, I, I tell you what, Rick, I'm going to have to agree with him there. That there's just too many question marks. So uh, you know, it, being a safer guy, I think I'd have to agree and go Miller. Yeah, for Forsett's my my first blush here. They're saying he's going to play. Dude's on a roll, but he is nicked up. A lot a lot of work from the backups there. So I, I actually think Lamar Miller's a safer play. I hope I'm not buying too all in, but, but with the two head coach coming out this week, we talked about it earlier, Rick, and saying that that he's going to take the handcuffs off this offense. He's going to cut them loose a little bit. That's got me a little bit excited. I think they were done with Philbin. They they sort of tanked there at the end. So I, this might be a shot of energy for for Miami, and I'm buying in. I'm going to go with Lamar Miller as well. Uh, a lot of questions. He, C 
similar to this, and, and this is tough, uh, and, and I think it just opens up a Barnage uh, discussion. Gary Barnage or Travis Kelsey? Oh, I, I tell you what, I mean, I, I really like Gary Barnage, uh, what he's been doing. Um, you know, Kelsey is obviously the much higher ceiling. Yeah, we all know that. But I'll tell you what, Barnage has been nothing but solid. And um, if you're looking for that type of play, go for it. I mean, if you're in a, in a real bind, you know, and you really need, you know, the higher end, you have to go Kelsey. But in my mind, I like Barnage. I, I think it's safer. Yeah, I think they're I think they're both reasonably poor plays today. <laughs> Because uh, the Broncos haven't, I mean, they they don't allow crap to tight ends. They haven't even allowed a touchdown to a tight end. So, Barnage makes that a tough play. Um, but the Vikings are the Vikings, despite allowing a couple touchdowns to tight ends, are are equally as stout, not allowing many receptions or yards. So, I I think I would just go with go with Kelsey because I I think I would kill, kick myself if I sat Kelsey and he blew up. Yeah, oh boy. Now I got I got to be the deciding vote here. I I'm going to I'm going to go with Wellington on this one j- just as a safety play. I'm going to play it safe here, which normally isn't my nature. Based mainly on this. Travis Kelsey has not been in the end zone since uh since week 1. He had those two big touchdowns in week 1 had not been back. And if you look at the stat line, it's in the wrong direction, Rick. You you're you're more of the trend. So we got 6 for 106, 4 for 58, 6 for 80. Five for 49, three for 35. It is just sliding the wrong direction for me. I don't know what this offense is going to look like. This could be big for Kelsey, actually, Jamal Charles being out. I don't know yet. I'm going to take the safe play and go with uh, Barnage there and, and put Scott on Travis Kelsey Island, which isn't the worst island in the world to be on. I will take yeah. Travis Kelsey Island all day long. And I, I'm starting to think, Rick, uh, a Flieger, you taking you taking uh, – Bringing aside, is he paying you off with some of that that produce money? Well, he let me play in the vault. I didn't get to take anything with me, but he's got that Scrooge McDuck vault, and I always wanted to swim in one of those. And so I've got a spot <laughs> this week that'll wear out. He built it right at the business. It's fantastic. Diving board, the whole deal. It'll make that water park look terrible. And little to <laughs> less than 10% urine in the, in the vault. So that that's good as well. We unless a, we're drinking, unless we're drinking a lot of beer. Well, yeah, it's not. <laughs> we'll get there. We need a non PPR, non PPR. We need a replacement for Eric Ebron, Jordan Cameron, or Zach Ertz. Boy, that's tough. Give me Ertz, and no reasoning. Just give me Ertz. <laughs> just give him Ertz. Well, even though for me, even though Jordan Cameron is part of that Miami offense that. Uh, are going to have the, you know, going to going to come up blazing, I guess. And, uh, also give me Ertz in a game I think is going to be a Philly-Giants game, I believe, uh, is going to be pretty high-scoring. So yeah. I, I love tight ends in high-scoring games. Yeah, and they seem to – Ertz seems to step up in these division games. I don't know why I just have, have a tingle on that. Again, I'm a little bit excited about Miami, but I don't think I can take it down as far as Jordan can. I think it ends with Lamar Miller and Jarvis Landry. Um, I'm maybe Tannehill with, with all these bye weeks and injuries, but yeah, for, for me this is Ertz as well. We have uh, we were talking about Bortles earlier, Rick. Cam Newton out there in Seattle or Blake Bortles? Do we have the guts to pull the trigger on trigger on Bortles here? 
No, I think I'm going with Cam Newton. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I have to go with Cam Newton on this one. I think he's just just too many, too much there. I mean, his legs are, make the difference for me. I mean, this guy can run and he can score touchdowns that way. And, uh, you know, Carolina has been, you know, kind of eh offensively. But, you know, I, I just like Cam Newton better. Yeah, um, fun fact, uh, quarterbacks are averaging 260, 260, 270 yards and a touchdown and a half versus uh, Seattle if they're not named Jimmy Clausen. So I think I think Cam Newton, since he's not Jimmy Clausen, could, could, come, up, could come close to that. And he'll be using points on the ground. I, I just trust him a little bit more. Um, I, I, can, I can see either. Uh, I, I can see wanting to ride the hot Bortles hand, but uh, I'd probably just stick with Newton. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to play it safe here again based on – I think all things are even, if not Bortles is ahead. I, I think he's a mortal lock for, for 300 and a touch. I think what Cam Newton can do do running the ball – look, at Cam Chancellor, he's been a disaster. There, there are plays to be made against that Seattle defense right now. That – flat isn't very good and for that reason this game was in Carolina it'd be a no doubter for me I'm going to stick with Cam Newton Blake Bortles yeah you just I can't bring myself to trust the Jaguars completely against a solid established fantasy stud so I'm going to take the coward's way out like you two and I'm I'm going to go with Cam Newton there but I, I want it on the record that uh that I gave a long hard thought about Blake Bortles there uh yeah okay. I, I fault no one I fault no one for taking Bortles in that pick. Yeah, it, that's, it, that's it is very close. close. I mean, it, it's uh, – I have to agree. I mean, it, it, it's close. It's not like it was a year ago. That, you know, you, you just laugh them off, tell them they're stupid and go somewhere else. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it was very close. And, you know, I can certainly see where you'd want to, you know, bring him into your lineup. It, you know, it, and it's tough when you get into these situations, kind of like the Kelsey Barney's thing. You always want to have a nice backup, and then it gets to the point – who do I start? But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. very close, and I still have to go with uh, Newton. All right. So Jacksonville's matchup, Denver, is not – they're no such. They've only allowed a league low three passing touchdowns this year in five games. They've only allowed three. So uh, that's a tough matchup, too. So let's let's have it on the record now, Rick. I'm keeping track. You have now compared Jay Cutler to Brett Favre, and you have just advised against drafting good depth. So that is officially on the record. All right, here's a question. I think you uh, I think you uh, misquote me, as many do now. I think I could go back and uh, pull the tapes, and they they would uh, they would confirm for me. So uh, Philip Rivers or Jay Cutler? Now let me finish this. I'm down 43 thanks to Freeman and Breeze. I need to gamble. So if he needs to gamble, fellas, Philip Rivers or Jay Cutler? Okay, we already discussed the uh, Chicago-Detroit game. Now, who's San Diego playing now? I don't have a range run. Packers. Packers. Yeah. Give me, give me Phil Rivers. I mean, they're going to have to be winging the ball around. And, um, you know, Phil Rivers to me, I mean, you don't really need to gamble when you have Phil Rivers. I mean, he's a big enough gambler as this. And, um, you know, I want Phil Rivers. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm agreeing with Briggs here. I'm taking Rivers. I, I think uh, I think 
I think it's interesting because I think that Cutler could carve up that Lions secondary that, man, it's crazy how they went from one of the better pasties to one of the worst in just a couple of years. I think their defensive line not being as stout has opened their secondary up for uh, problems. But uh, uh, give me Rivers in, once again, what I feel is going to be a pretty high-scoring game with San Diego trying to keep pace with the Packers. Yeah, I'll make it unanimous here. I like Rivers. I think with Gates back, there's a there's a hundred yards and a touchdown almost guaranteed there. So I'll take him over the second coming of Brett Favre and Jay Cutler in the chat room. A non PPR flex from Vereen, Miller, Ellington, or Andrews. Andrews getting a lot of love all of a sudden. Well, for me, it's Vereen. Uh, I've already mentioned I think that's going to be a super high scoring game that that Giants-Eagles uh, uh, interdivision rivalry. Um, and, uh, Vereen, it, well, did you say PPR or non-PPR? Non-PPR. Oh, boy. That makes it, <laughs> that makes it a lot more difficult. Wow. Briggs, you want to take this while I think about this for a second? Vereen's a no-brainer in PPR for me, but wow. Yeah, I actually wondered why you jumped on him so fast. Now I know why. Yeah, in PPR, it's certainly a no-brainer. Uh, I tell you what, I, I'm not. It, it, it's a tough one. I I don't know if I can go Andrews, and I certainly don't know if I can go Vereen. You know, non PPR. I mean, I like Rashard Jennings, but um, you know, I think I'd have to go Ellington in this one. Even though I don't think he's going to get a full workload, uh, I think I'm going Ellington. I think he's the better player. Yeah, I think I've. I think I'm moving to. Um, I'm looking for who. Man, Ellington versus the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Man, I don't know. Maybe I I think it's a toss-up between Miller and Ellington for me. I think I would go with what I consider more sure touches and safe touches in Lamar Miller. Uh, It's not like the the bonanza-type shoot-for-the-stars kind of thing, but uh, I I think he's the safer non-PPR option. Yeah, it, this one's Miller for me, and it, it's really not close being this a non-PPR. I, I think Vereen and Andrew – Andrews is interesting. I'm I'm taking the wait and see on him. It, nobody has emerged there in Tennessee. We don't know who's going to see the ball. Andrews is risky. Vereen and Ellington are the same type of player. The problem with Ellington is the fact that, that he has another one in, in David Johnson there. Why would you not, against this poor tackling Steelers defense, continue to give the ball to Chris Johnson 20 times? So for this, just based on opportunity being a non-PPR, God, I'm shoving way too in on this Miami offense. (laughs) They are just going to go out and lay an egg, and I apologize to everyone who I've made recommendations. It's just the way things are going to go. But Lamar Miller, I've got to think, touches the ball 15 or 20 times. These other three combined probably won't see the ball that much, so I'm going to have to go with Lamar Miller there. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Rick Rick Slager predicting the uh, second coming of Air Coriel in Miami, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so uh, you know, everybody just push all in on Miami. That, that's what I would yeah. do, but that's the mortgage on it. I'm, I'm more interested than anything in Miami this week than than loving on. I you know, I think it's a case of the options we've had to choose from. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm not going to call Miami out as being a, a changed team and awesome yet. But, man, the options, uh, Lamar Miller is just safe to get touches. Well, I think this is the reason, maybe this excitement is, this is why we were excited about, you know, Lamar Miller being an easy RB2 
Jarvis Landry may be taking that next step. We were excited about Tannehill. The, all the pieces are there. I get maybe we're grasping, yeah. hoping, hoping it was coaching. Uh, Jarvis Landry is such a clear talent if they can get the ball to him. Lamar Miller in stretches can look like one of the better backs in the league, and it just wasn't happening. So maybe this is just a relief for, from us as fantasy owners, as it seems to be from the Miami Dolphins themselves that, that, that Philbin's gone. I don't know. Maybe we're going too far here. But, uh, yeah, you might want to fade me here because I am all in on the Miami Dolphins. You know, I remember a year with so many quarterback questions. Here's another one, and it's a good one too. Andy Dalton or Russell Wilson, so many of these secondary quarterbacks – up and pushing and and really making a run at these easy top 12 that we normally have. I don't remember a year like this. So Andy Dalton ran Russell Wilson. Honestly, that's not really close to me. I'm taking Andy Dalton. He's been a top five quarterback. I know he faces the Bills, but uh, Russell Russell Wilson, I mean, that's – he hasn't been what we thought in Carolina. You know, he's still been good, but Carolina's a good defense too. I I would say the Panthers and the Bills are – even matchups, and Dalton's just been unreal. Yeah, I have to agree with Scott. I, to me, it's not even close, Rick. Uh, you know, both of these opposing defenses are very good. But Dalton has been uh, carving up every defense they play. This is a good football team, and uh, I like Andy Dalton. Yeah, I think what this is, and there's a might be a few more Andy Dalton questions in here, and there's a lot I, I filtered out as well. We're just – don't you feel like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop on Andy Dalton? I think we might have reached a point that this is who he is uh, until the playoffs, until there's a game they have to win. If they're cruising here, I, I don't think there's any fear. Andy Dalton, this is similar to, to stretches last season and uh, specifically two seasons ago. Andy Dalton is a top five guy, and there there aren't a lot of guys not named Tom Brady and – Aaron Rodgers, and if you're Rick Briggs, uh, Jay Cutler, that you're going to bring to me that I'm going to that I'm going to take Andy Dalton over. So I think Andy Dalton has gotten to that level. Uh, hop back in the yeah. chat room. We have a PPR now. We got Kendall Wright. Oh, go ahead, Scott. I was going to say, I remember a couple of years ago, Andy Dalton was QB three when his offensive line was blocking well for him. They're blocking well for him this year. He's right up there again. Um, I wouldn't want to start him in primetime games because he seems to fall on his face. But other than that, I think this is who he is when his, when his offensive line gives him time. Yeah, no no question about it. So uh, we got a couple in the chat room here. We're in a we've got a PPR flex now. Kendall Wright, who's a guy I talked a lot about uh, on uh, Saturday on the Fantasy Sports Network. Travis Benjamin, Benjamin or Richard Matthews. This name pops back up as with the Dolphins' love continues. Well, we know well, we I, know that Rick's going to take Matthews because you know Air Coriel is going to be scoring <laughs> 68 points a game. Uh, I'm going to have to um, shy away from him, and um, I, I just don't think I can recommend every single Dolphin. I, I think I think what he's done really is uh, clear himself a lot. You know, a lot more than what people, you know, were going to give him credit for. You know, everything was Jarvis Landry. But, you know, he's really stepped up. I'm, I'm like Scott. I'm more interested in Miami than jumping in on him. Travis Benjamin, you know, he's a feast or famine guy. He might have three for 100 and a touchdown, but he may be three for 20. So I can't go with those two guys. 
Yeah, well, I think I'm I think I'm gonna take uh, Kendall Wright just to be different. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot did. to say. Yes, I took Kendall Wright. I'm sorry. I eliminated oh. two guys. I took take the other one. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kendall Wright. Okay, I'm agreeing with uh, Sir Wellington Briggs and uh, also going Kendall Wright. Um, Richard, uh, once again, the, this is in my interest. I don't know what the offense is going to look like now. You know, I don't know how they're going to come out guns blazing, and maybe it's not. Um, maybe it's not Richard anymore. Maybe he's. Maybe he's left out, and they have a different game plan. Uh, so, and same with Travis Benjamin. Travis Benjamin, I mean, he seems to have been a big play guy. Uh, Denver has a good pass defense, and they also get at the quarterback very, very well, which means that the quarterback's not going to have as much time to let Travis Benjamin run and get open. So I think Kendall Wright's a, a little smoother play there. Yeah, so, so you look at it, Matthews is where I'll draw the line in, in Miami. I will curb my uh, excitement there a little bit. Travis Benjamin, always intriguing, uh, an option for a long touchdown. The problem is it's Cleveland. They're coming off that 450-yard performance in the passing game last week, which means they ought to throw for about 72 yards and three picks this week. This one's Kendall Wright. I think he sets up for for a decent little game here. I like the matchup, Mariota getting it done. Mariota, we've seen him once or twice this season lean on Wright a little bit, so I like that play there. Back to the chat room, non-PPR, we need one out of James James Jones or Kendrick West or Ronnie Hillman in a non-PPR. Wow, this one is so easy for me. Uh, I'm taking James Jones. And once again, I think that's going to be a game where the Packers score 30-plus. James Jones has a penchant for the end zone. I think the other two could be splits, and you never know how that's going to go. And I also think the other two are in games that are going to be – in fact, Vegas even agrees that they're two of the lower-scoring games of the week. Uh, <laughs> give me James Jones, who I think scores a touchdown. And, uh, guys, I'm going to have to drop out now. So uh, try not to talk too much crap about me when I when I go. Well, we can't. No, right, Scott, hey, you know, I I agree totally with um, Sir Edinburgh Scott. That's yeah. <laughs> all I came up with. But that no, I think it's James Jones easily. And you know, I think he scores at least one touchdown today. He's got great rapport with Rodgers, and uh, I think it's easy. All right, I'll make hey, it. I'm Scottish. I like the Edinburgh call. <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, we appreciate it, man. Happy birthday. Enjoy your urine-filled vacation, and we'll talk to you again next week. (laughs) All right. Later, guys. Good talking to you. Take care, Scott. All right. right. Thanks a lot, Scott. All right, Rick. Uh, Scott, always a trooper, man. What what, what a good guy on vacation. I had to talk him out of calling in from his his cruise a couple of weeks ago. I think think you saved a marriage. Yeah, no question about it. As he continues to try and uh, try and be part of the show, no matter what's going on, so we definitely appreciate that. We got one more in the chat room, Rick. A PPR flex. This one's tough for me. I have a feeling it's not going to be as tough for you, but a PPR flex. Woodhead or Moncrief? Woodhead. I don't even think it's close. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Woodhead gets used quite a bit today. I knew you were going to go there, Rick, and I, I got a tingle on Moncrief as a problem. I'm going to agree with you, Woodhead. I, I'm loading up on Woodhead in daily leagues where, where I was looking for some values. So I'm going to agree it's closer for me. I think Moncrief in garbage time with 
Andrew Luck back sets up for a for a really big game here. I think Andre Johnson step takes a little step back after. I think that was more of a revenge going up against Houston. But that said, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Woodhead here. I think they're going to be playing playing catch up. You wonder how much longer San Diego is going to keep relying on on Gordon as much as they have, at least between the twenties. It's the kid's just not getting it done, and it's so strange. I mean, I don't know how much. I, I guess you at least saw the saw the Monday night game there. How much you you've been able to watch when the, when Gordon's got the ball in his hand, he looks like the real deal, and he's one of those guys. When you, at the end of the game, when you look up the stats, you're stunned. Lows, say for the fumble, as he loves to put the ball on the ground once a week. But Gordon, the numbers just aren't there. I think this kid's going to be a good one eventually, but right now the numbers just aren't there in a game where they're trying to play catch up. I think it's got to be a, a woodhead early and often. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be very valuable. As, as a matter of fact, you know, while we'll, I'll just nail out my running back start, that's what it was going to be today was Danny Woodhead because. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be used a lot in the passing game. And, um, you know, when you're playing a team like Green Bay, you better move the football. To your point, Gordon's not getting it done. It's not going to be a, you know, pound it, grind it sort of game. You know, Wood has a lot more explosive. I really like this kid today. Yeah, so, so we will agree on that one. Uh, all right, Rick, you're called. We want to go finish finish the mailbag or go back to picking the games. I will let you decide. Well, you know, if we're about through the mailbag, we can do the predictions. But if we've got a lot more to cover, we ought to be fan first. So whatever you want to do. All right. Well, let's let's run through these. Maybe we'll through them a little quicker. Maybe I'll uh, I'll hunt and peck here a little bit for the for the best question. This is an interesting one. Ivory or Dion Lewis in a PPR? Dion Lewis. Yeah. We're going I, quick, I, man. We're going quick. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree. It, it's close for me. In a PPR, I love Ivory. If he gets rolling, he's scary. But yeah, this game where I just think New England puts up 120 points, I'm going to go Dion Lewis. Uh, De- Decker or Moncrief? I know you love Decker. A lot of Moncrief questions. I like Decker. I'll tell you what, I, yeah, I really do. He, he's become a real touchdown target for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, uh, you know, I, I like his, I like this play. I mean, two big wide receivers, two nice weapons for Fitzpatrick. And he's using them. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree. I think, albeit unsuccessfully, a defense is going to try to take Brandon Marshall away. And this is similar to where Decker succeeded. While a bold statement alarm, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't Peyton Manning. This is similar in the fact that teams were loading up on Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker thrived. I think it's a very similar situation with Brandon Marshall being as dominant as a Thomas and, and giving Decker oh, a yeah. lot of opportunities. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? you're right. I mean, it's accurate to say that Fitzpatrick isn't Manning, but it's accurate also to say Marshall, to me, is every bit as good as Demarius Thomas. Right, so a very similar situation there. Need one of these three, Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller, LeGarrette Blunt. Give me Blunt. Uh, I, I think can't. he's going to find the end zone. If they're going to score 120 points, as you say, of course, I know Miami's going to score 160 today, so Lamar Miller is much more attractive. But I, to me, I'm going blunt. I think he has much more chance of finding the end zone. I am going to blow your mind with this one, Rick. I'm, go, I'm going with Carlos Hyde. He was taking on that Ravens defense that just got harassed in the running game and defensive general by the Steelers and the Browns. 
liked what I saw to Hyde last week. I wonder if San Francisco is maybe committing a little more to running the ball and seeing what they have in, in week one. So I'm going uh, Hyde fairly comfortably with, with Blunt ahead, Lamar, ahead of Lamar Miller there, but I like Carlos Hyde. Uh, let's jump down. We'll skip that. Uh, we'll skip that. Uh, West down there in Kansas City or Jonathan Stewart? Oh, Lord. Uh, I tell you what, give me West. I mean, I don't like – I really don't like a whole lot of people against Seattle, but, you know, he, he, I don't know. I'm just not a Jonathan Stewart guy. And um, I think Kansas City – boy, I tell you what. You know, I'm going to gamble. I think it's very close, but I'm still going West. Yeah, I'm going to go with West just based on opportunity. I think if right. it's safe, if I just needed eight, ten points, and I knew I'd be all right, I'm going to go with Jonathan Stewart there. We, West is sort of the exciting play. We know exactly what we're going to get out of Jonathan Stewart. So if you're listening, know that if you need a big pop, you're just playing it safe. I think Jonathan Stewart's a safer play. I'm not as scared of this Seattle defense as I once was. Now, in Seattle, different story that that's a that's a factor as well i'm gonna go west here just to paste based on the big pop here we go again with this one rick and and i love this question and this is one to think about peyton manning or blake bortles oh i tell you that is you know it would be closer if it wasn't i you know if it wasn't cleveland i mean you know i know they got a pretty good defense and everything but i i think Denver can still move the football. I got to go Peyton Manning. It's just the guy can make, can still make a play when needed, even in close games because he's farther ahead of the defenses. And and I'm just going to go with Manning until there's a sure thing out there. Jot this down, Rick. I want Pat on back or I, I want total mockery. I don't care next week. I am picking Blake Bortles here. I've said it a couple of times on this show. He is a mortal lock for 300 and a touch, if not multiple touchdowns, but a mortal lock for 300 yards. I have no confidence that Peyton Manning can be anywhere near 300 yards. I think he gets back in the end zone today going up against that terrible Cleveland defense. But Blake Bortles, from a yardage standpoint, all things being equal, around the goal line, give give me the yardage. I'm going to go Blake Bortles here, and I never – ever thought I'd say that one. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, it's a legitimate question. There's no question about it. I'm just just not ready yet. I mean, it's kind of like maybe it's hard lesson learned from last year after four weeks or whatever it was, I gave up on Tom Brady, and we all know what happened. That being said, I don't think Manning's got what in the enough gas in the tank that, that Brady does, obviously, but I, I still trust that he can, you know, find the end zone. You know, even if it's 230, but if he has maybe three touchdowns, which certainly isn't out of the realm of possibility against Cleveland, I think you're still okay. Yeah, I think I think you're a winner either way there, quite frankly. It's actually a good situation to be in. I'm going to skip around here. we got a trade question. I like this one. Should I trade Deion Lewis for Eddie Lacy? It's a standard league. I also own Garrett Blunt. So he in a standard leg trading Deion Lewis for Eddie Lacy in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. In a Every, heartbeat, man. Everybody needs to take a deep breath and relax 
with. I mean, click yes before the guy gets sober, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a fair point there. And Eddie Lacy, he struggled the last couple of weeks. In the setting up just like last season, Rick. And yep. I made a mistake. I traded him away. I don't remember what for, but to the eventual champion in the League of Consequence. And uh, Eddie Lacy went off, and as that weather turns up there, that's what they're going to need to do. I agree. Before he sobers up, uh, make that move. In the chat room, Ace28, thank you so much. Rick, uh, TJ Yeldon is out. I know that's something you are monitoring very closely. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of uh, TJ Yeldon believers in there, and I'm one of them. And uh, I tell you what, if he's out there, I, I would start Denard Robinson. I think this kid acquitted himself very well last year. And, uh, you know, with the game that they had today, you know, if you can get him, I would certainly try, you know, just plug him right in, plays a Yeldon. Yeah, I think uh, especially in our format, he has some opportunities there as well. So, yeah, I think a, a very nice play this week. Uh, let, let's hop down for more good ones and we'll get back to the games. Uh, yeah, those are all too long. I, I'll answer all of these after the call. Uh, last one, Eric Decker or Pierre Garçon? Give me Decker. I, I like this guy. And uh, in this Jet offense, now that Marshall's there and Fitzpatrick's under center, and, um, you know, Garcon's one of these kind of guys that he he's, he's oddly forgotten lots of times and turns out to be a leading receiver. I just don't like the matchup today for some reason. And, and, I, and I like Decker. I like the Jets matchup better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think Garcon, sort of the safety blanket with uh, Jordan Reed st- still being out. He's a safety blanket for for your boy Kirk Cousins. I, so that said, he's going to find himself on Revis Island, and I think Decker uh, really, really good opportunity to find himself in the end zone. So, oh yeah, yeah, we got about ten minutes le- left, Rick. Let's get back to these games. The Bengals, the the suddenly un- unbeatable Bengals, travel to Buffalo to take on EJ Manuel and your Bills. Yeah, that was setting up maybe to be an upset, but I tell you what, with uh, you know Manuel under center, uh, I'm going Cincinnati. I think they're clicking. It's a very good football team, and uh, I I like Cincinnati 24, Buffalo 13. Yeah, I got uh, Cincinnati 27-9. I think the Bills have a hard time scoring with EJ Manuel. Yeah, look at the fantasy implications of this one a little bit, Rick. I think most of it's obvious. Uh, LaShawn McCoy. We we could I answered a lot of questions about what I'm interested on the Cincinnati side. What do you make of Jeremy Hill? I right he's become it's either multiple touchdowns or completely useless to you. If you're a Jeremy, I think Jeremy Hill was right in that C.J. Anderson conversation, save for those two multiple touchdown games. What do you do if you're a Jeremy Hill owner? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Uh, you and I talked in in the preseason. I, you know, I was a Gio Bernard guy. I, I questioned. The, the pundits that were saying, you know, it's all Hill and Bernard's going to lose workload this year. I couldn't see it. I, I really like this kid. And, you know, he's outperforming him. You know, that being said, hang on to him. You know, maybe um, you don't have to start him right now. I mean, you hate to miss out on a three-touchdown day, but you don't really need a 20-yard day. But I wouldn't just dump on him for nothing yeah, because something happens to a Bernard, you're going to need him. But right now, it's it to me, it's Gio Bernard. Yeah, and I'm most weeks I'm gonna risk 
giving up those multiple touchdown games because you never know when they're going to come, if they're ever going to come. It, it stings when it happens. We've all been there. Yeah, you keep down in case something does happen to Bernard. He, he becomes an RB1 real quick. But I don't see anything changing there in Cincinnati. He, Dalton's got the Midas touch. They're 5-0. and oh. they, they look about unbeatable offensively. They're not going to change. And so, therefore, this offense – is going to continue between the twenties to run through Gio Bernard. I'll, I'll, right. I'll keep around, but but I agree. He's on my bench, and I'll just have to eat it if he has one of those multiple touchdown games. Exactly, I agree. All right, let's hop over in the chat room, Rick. We've got a PPR. We need two from Arian Foster, Frank Gore, Chris Ivory, or Shady McCoy. Foster and Ivory. I, I'm with you 100 there. I Gore. He'll drive you nuts. He it, it's looked good lately. I think they're going to be playing from behind. It's going to be throwing the ball plenty. And Lashawn McCoy says he says he's not going to be limited today with the success they've had. Secondary is I can't imagine that they they throw him right back out there if Ivory gets rolling. Now, now granted, Washington's been a pretty decent rush defense, but if you get Ivory rolling, he there's a lot of those 130 yard and a touchdown that lines, and I think Arian Foster back and healthy going against that god-awful Jacksonville defense. Yeah, I'm going Foster, Foster and Ivory uh, all day here. So jump back over. The, the, here's a game we've talked about. Seems like all morning, Rick. Uh, Bears head to Detroit, take on the Lions. I think it's going to be a close game, but I like the Bears 27, Detroit 24. I think, uh, look, the Lions aren't going to go 0-6, just too talented. You look for a game they can win. Taking on the Bears, taking your boy Brett Farr Jr. at home is one they can win. I think it's going to be down to the last minute, some sort of freak thing happening. That's what happens in these games. I'm going to go with the Lions 128. Rick, you're a Calvin Johnson owner. Are you panicked yet? No, I'm not panicking. Uh, it's yeah. Has he underperformed what I was thinking this year? Yes, but he hasn't been stinking up the place. And, uh, I mean, he's still Stafford's guy. I mean, it relies on Stafford. I mean, all you Stafford believers out there, you know, Sir Wellington called it, didn't he? This kid is nothing but average. And, you know, I mean, you almost have to expect – you can't really get these elite numbers until Stafford steps up his game a little bit. Yeah, and, boy, you just think it's a point. You wonder, has something changed with Johnson? The the strength. That Lions offense for so long was be it double, triple, quadruple coverage. It didn't matter. You fling the ball up to Calvin Johnson, and more times than not, he makes the play. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's taking a step back. If age is starting to catch up with him already, that's just not there anymore. So, staff, really a concern when you're talking about Calvin Johnson. I have concerns about Calvin Johnson as well. Now, it's an awful thing to say sitting here all fat and slovenly saying, you know, all of a sudden Calvin Johnson isn't making these ridiculous two-finger catches and triple coverage, but it's a change, and that's what Calvin Johnson's game was, and I am concerned about that. Well, yeah, you, you, you're concerned about it, but, you know, you would think all this highly tied, oh, Golden Tate, the emergence of Golden Tate, Matt Stafford's a great quarterback, Abdul, it's a great running back. You look, nothing on that offense is clicking. And I think it starts with Stafford. I mean, they're, they need to make a change. I don't think he is going to be the guy. Look, they yanked him last week. And, you know, it, it's just not getting better. And you can't 
if if nothing's working on the offense, then you really don't have the opportunities for him to make these spectacular catches. I mean, they're covering him, they're harassing Stafford, the running game's not getting it done. He, he, you know, Stafford's not making the right decisions, dumping it off to to Ebron or, or, or Tate. You know, just nothing is working. And you know, I think it to me it, it's you know the the coaching staff first, of course. But, you know, it's their call with the quarterback. But then when it's on the field, I think it's a lot to do with the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, hard to argue with that. I talked a lot about this game as well. Broncos head uh, east here into uh, what looks to be a very windy Cleveland to take on the Browns. Yeah, and that's going to uh, hurt Noodle Arm Manning. So I am going uh, – it, it's the Denver defense that is that is better. And uh, I like Denver 27, Cleveland – 18. Yeah, I, I think this is a low-scoring one. Uh, bold prediction here, and we'll get moving. We only got five minutes left and a lot of games left to pick. C.J. Anderson this week, Rick. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's crazy. I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's just pathetic. <laughs> I just think Hillman dealing with, the, dealing with that hamstring, I think Anderson gets a little more work early. That, that Browns – Rush defense is so bad. I think I don't know. I don't think it's huge, but I think C.J. Anderson gets a little bit, and I think it becomes about the running game this week. I think the Broncos, based on that defense, still a low score in seventeen fourteen. Jaguars at home on your Houston Texans and Brian Hoyer. Yeah, I tell you what. Uh, you know, we talked about Jacksonville a lot today, and they just seem to be one of these teams that can't get over the hump, and. I'm going to make, you know, with Yeldon out now, I mean, I, I I really like what Bortles is doing. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think maybe they take a step forward today. I'm going with Jacksonville at home, 24, Houston, 22. I thought I was going to surprise you with that one, Rick, but I agree with you. I think it's a high-scoring game. This is one of the last team with the ball win. I like Jags at home as well, 33-31. I think a big game, a big game out of Bortles. Portals, a big game out of Hoyer. Obviously, we've seen what Hopkins has done in the two wide receivers there in Jacksonville. I think they have big games as well. Titans at home taking on my new favorite team, uh, Miami Dolphins. Well, yeah, I mean, with uh, Air Coriel, too, visiting Tennessee, it's probably going to be a huge scoring game. i tell you what, you know, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think Miami does squeak one out for the new coach. And I'm going Miami 21, Tennessee 17. You know, after everything I said, Rick, I'm going to stick with my prediction earlier in the week. I think I must have read something or took something in through osmosis uh, since Wednesday that, that's changed my mind on Miami. But I predicted uh, on the midweek on the Fantasy Sports Network show that the Titans would this win this one 22-17, so I'm going to stick with it. I think uh, adding a- Andrews into the offense makes a bit of a difference. I do expect a pretty big week out of Kendall Wright, so I got the Titans 22-17 over my new favorite team. Uh, spent a lot of time on this game. Seahawks at home taking on the undefeated Carolina Panthers. Yeah, i tell you what. I don't think Carolina stays undefeated today. I just don't think they have enough firepower and um, traveling to Seattle to me makes a difference and uh, I'm going to Seattle in a very close game I'm going to Seattle 23 Carolina 20 yeah look Seattle's not that good 
Seattle it might be on the fringes of a playoff team, certainly not looking at that third trip back to the Super Bowl. We'll find out now if Carolina's the real deal or if they're counterfeit. I'm towards counterfeit. I think the difference is close game. I think it's a defensive game. I think being in Seattle, you just don't win in Seattle, especially if you're, you're Carolina. So I got Seattle 23-20. Chargers head into Lambeau next door to the water park where Scott's at to take on the Packers. Yeah, up north, I like the Packers. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. You know, Rivers can still get it done with that offense, and uh, we know all about Aaron Rodgers and and Green Bay. I like Green Bay 35, San Diego 29. Yeah, we're right in this, right in the same realm there. The, the Chargers have it offensively. They're just – you see it last week. They're just not the kind of team that's going to go to Lambeau and win a game. I got the pack 37-31. Ravens travel across, across the country to take on the 49ers. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Just about any team that they travel cross country to play out have probably had them winning. But somewhere along the line, I think Baltimore – Stays alive, and I think they beat San Francisco 21-17. Yeah, I don't know why, Rick. I really don't know why. I still can't bring myself to believe that the Ravens are a one in five and or a one in four, and now potentially a one in five team. 49ers are bad. By hook or by crook, I think with Steve Smith being back, that makes a difference. I think it's going to be ugly. I got the Ravens 17, 49ers 13. The one where everybody's been talking about all week, Rick, tonight, Patriots at Indy taking on the Colts in what's being dubbed as the revenge game. Yeah, I like, you know, obviously New England. You know, Andrew Luck's still a little suspect. He's going, but, uh, you know, New England's New England, and I like them going into this game. I like New England 35, Indianapolis 30. Nobody's better at this revenge bit than Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. This is what they do. For so much talk about it, in a lot of cases, I would tend to, to fade it a little bit or at least say this could be a close game. You, you saw after the Spygate thing, this is what, New England Patriots do. This is what they live for. This is what fuels them. I have it, and I have, this is legitimate, Rick. I got Patriots 51, Colts 23, and most of those 23 come garbage time. And in Monday night, all those question marks with Odell Beckham, with, with Ruben Randall, all those questions for the Giants receiving core in Philadelphia taking on the Eagles, who good luck figuring them out. Yeah, it's a squirrely team to figure out. New York better than what people think. You know, I tell you what, Eli Manning has been extremely efficient with the ball. And even with all the wide receiver problems, I, I think, you know, they've got a pretty nice little tandem with Jennings and Vereen. I like New York. I think it's going to be a close one, but I like New York 28, Philadelphia 26. Because I can't figure them out, Rick, I just keep picking the Eagles, and I've got no reason for it. Now Aguilar been a non-factor i'm just going to keep picking the eagles until it completely implodes so i got the eagles 34 27 based on nothing but i'm rick but we got one more in the chat room before we get out of here and we didn't get into them in the mailbag so this will be a good good discussion i think uh in a ppr shane vereen or antonio brown can't believe that's a little question but it is rick yeah, it really is. I mean, yeah, that's just a no-brainer if Ben Roethlisberger's in there, obviously. But uh, you know what? With all the uh, – I tell you what, I mean, I uh, – you know, I've got to go Brown. I really want to go Vereen. 
But, look, Antonio Brown was your first overall pick. He's been doing a little bit of whining, albeit professionally and positively, but we all know that he's not happy right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think Dick's going to be intentionally trying to get him the ball. And it may be a lot of short stuff, but, you know, against this Cardinal defense. But, uh, you know, I think Antonio Brown, to me, is a very, very slight favorite of 51-49. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you, Rick. But I'll couch it like this: need point. If you need a guarantee, ten, twelve points, play Shane Vereen. If you if you've got good risk tolerance or you've got some room room for error on this team, you can go with Antonio Brown. Because I agree with you, Rick. I think they're going to try to force, especially some long plays. But I think you're counting on one of those big uh, plays we saw last week out of Antonio Brown. He's not going to see a lot of targets. I think the Cardinals turned Vic over a ton. I think it's Vereen here, especially with the question marks at wide receiver for New York. I think Vereen's a huge part of that passing game. He's going to see twice the targets that Antonio Brown is. So Vereen's the safe play. I think block for for double-digit points. Antonio Brown, if you need a split, high risk tolerance. Uh, You hope for that one long play for Antonio Brown. But there's no way, Rick, that Brown sees five or six carries. So I'm going to go Vereen there. All right. Well, we appreciate it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick, I have got to finish setting up. I will see you in studio Wednesday, and I'll let you close this thing out. It has been a pleasure, and I will talk to you Wednesday. All right, boss. Thanks for dropping by. We will see you Wednesday. That was Rick. All right, bud. See you later. All right. That was Rick Briggs, Wellington J. Briggs, joining the show back back from the dead, back from uh, wherever he was at, uh, back from counting his moldy old money. So thanks so much for joining us. Great show, as always. Good luck this week in week six. Well, I'll be with you. I'll be available right up till kickoff at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com for any other questions you have. Check out the network, AsylumFantasySports.com. Fantasy goodness all week. Check all of that out. We'll be back Wednesday live in studio, 8 o'clock Eastern, AsylumFantasySports.com, Blog Talk Radio, FantasySportsNetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 147, and outlets all over Canada and the Northeast. Check that out, 1 o'clock Eastern, the Asylum Fantasy Football Show there. We'll be back next week. Till then, we'll see you. Hang out by the phone, wow, I'm just a good old boy, I'm a stank in the town, we can't get it up.